Isaiah chapter 53, verses 1 to 6. It's on page 740 in your Bibles. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way until the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And the second reading is from Philippians, and it's, just checking, Philippians 2, verses 1 to 11. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> You may have read in the news of Sally Ann Jones. I don't know if that name means anything to you. <clears throat> uh, but she's also known as the White Widow. And um, she was killed fairly recently in a US drone attack when she was trying to leave Raqqa before it fell. 
and she was quite important to IS, it seems, partly because she was, her husband was a computer uh, whiz kid, and uh, they were involved together in recruitment. And in particular, she was quite a symbol for them of Western women um, being radicalized, and she was quite effective in uh, reaching out to other Western women and saying, what about coming here and joining this grouping? And I think for most of us here, probably, it is almost inconceivable why anybody would respond to that sort of um, encouragement and why they would join that sort of a grouping. But she is by no means the only one. I don't know, <clears throat> you may not have heard the story of the eye-wateringly wealthy uh, American businessman who lost also lost two sons to the Middle Eastern conflict. He was uh, running the family firm, and he was living absolutely the most, uh, the high life. Uh, he was extremely wealthy, living a, a life of privilege and beauty and great success. And his great hope, of course, was that all three of his sons would join the family firm with him. And the oldest one, Joe Jr., did. Um, and he was very close to his father, and he lived a very settled and a very successful life. But both the younger boys were dissatisfied, and they were independent-minded, and they decided to go traveling. At first, they stayed in touch a bit, and it was clear to the family that they were getting into deeper and deeper trouble. They were hanging out with awful people. Uh, they got into drug habits. Uh, they were therefore becoming very unwell. And they also got into debt. And then silence fell. And the family really had no idea wh where they had ended up. And um, their father had, while they were still in touch, offered to fly them home. But there had been no answer to that. Then when the silence fell, what do you do? And then a ransom note came and, uh, from a sort of shadowy Middle Eastern group of some sort and uh, saying, we have both your sons and give us $10 million and you may see them again. The family didn't really consider just giving the money, partly because, of course, they didn't want to fund such a group and partly because, of course, there's no guarantee at all when you're dealing with that sort of group that even if the family paid up and were, so to speak, honourable in relation to that agreement, that that group would, in fact, release the boys. So what to do? So it was agreed that Joe Jr. would go personally, the older brother, as you remember, and, and he went with the intention and with the wherewithal to be able to secure the release of his brother's. And he traveled to the area that the group was known to be in, and he eventually found the desert hideout that was where they were being held, and he even saw his brothers uh, chained up. And he was amazingly able to release them, and the brothers were able to take a truck and escape. But in the resulting shootout, Joe Jr. was himself shot and killed. And I guess we can't imagine a more agonizing bit of news for that father. 
the son who had loved him, the son who was at home, the son who had remained close, had gone and lost his life for the sons who appeared not to care at all. But actually, in a way, the thing that happened after that was almost harder to cope with. It's true that one son, Robert, one of the brothers, went home at once. He was mortified. It had sort of brought him to his senses, and he came rushing home. He was agonized that Joe had died on his behalf, so he went back to his father. Uh, So... Well, you can imagine the mix of of, uh, emotions. So relieved, so grateful, so mortified. He gave his father all the details of what had happened, the life they had lived before Joe had gone there. And he told him about the final shootout and Joe's death. And he asked to be taken back into the family. And I think amazingly, in many ways, his father completely accepted him back into the family, and he was restored fully to the life that the father had originally hoped that he would have. He also, out of that gratitude, completely cut off all ties with the life that he had been living. But the other brother, Adam, didn't. Despite the unbelievable family cost of his rescue... He just went traveling again. No thank you, no visit, nothing to acknowledge what had been done to release him. No recognition, it seemed, of what had been given. Well, I wonder if you recognize that story. It is our story. It's yours and mine, because we are from that family. We were born as God's own precious children. We are loved with an everlasting love. And there is nothing that God wants more than an intimate, personal, unspoiled relationship with us. But as we heard from Isaiah today, We have all gone astray. We have turned to our own way. We may not have descended into drugs and terrorism, but do you know what the most popular song for funerals is? It's it's my way. When people want to sum up their whole life in one expression, it is, I did it, my way. Our independence is so precious to us. And that is even the case, it seems to me, even if we are good people. We value our choices, our preferences. We want to do stuff our way. We may not be important people. We may be living just a small, ordinary life, but it's our life. And that seems to me to be the motivation that is so strong in all of us, even if we have not dramatically gone wrong, so to speak. And that independence separates us from God. Because God says that we cannot take independence into heaven. 
Now, we know that we cannot get in on our own merits. And in fact, if we take our own merits to God, and then we read this Isaiah passage, we may come to the conclusion that God's perspective on our life may be very different from our own. We think we are respectable, decent people, and that at least compared to many other people that we read of or come across, we're really quite nice and doing pretty well. And humanly speaking, we may well be right. But when we go back to that Isaiah passage, God says quite clearly that we are in a mess and that we need rescuing. And in our Isaiah passage, the words that God uses for our life are infirmities, sorrows, troubles, transgressions, sins. We are far from home, like those brothers. But like them, our Father yearns for us. And he did the only effective thing that could release us. He sent Jesus, his only perfect, obedient child, to give his life in our place. He died so that we could live He suffered so that we wouldn't have to eternally. He took the punishment that we deserve. And that deserving comes from our independence. And I think that's a challenge to us all. And that leaves us with a choice. Like Adam, we can ignore our rescue We can go on living our own lives with hardly any reference at all to the fact that Jesus has given his life for us. We can just keep traveling, possibly thinking that one day we'll sort of get back closer to God, and we do intend that probably at some point, but really not quite now. Or, like Robert, we can rush home, repentant, grieving, Grateful, so glad to be back in the embrace of family and in particular father. And if we do that, amazingly, and many of us can give testimony to this, we find that God receives us without reproach. He simply embraces us back into the family and enables us to be completely at home with him. But if that has happened to us, we will never forget how we are back at home. Our Isaiah passage put it this way. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. The Lord has laid on him the sin of us all. Anyone who has really understood the enormity of what has been done for them is bound to want to tell others. How can other people be left unaware that their debt has been paid? How can it be possible to leave them in chains, so to speak, but ignorant that they could be free? 
Now that motivation will partly come from the fact that the love of God will well up in us and his compassion too. And we will find that we are looking at people who've not yet discovered the love of God and longing for them to encounter him, to be as amazed as we are, to be as just overwhelmed with gratitude. And it is true that when God opens our lives, our eyes, and we look round in our lives, whether it's with colleagues at work, whether it's with friends, whether it's with members of the family, we can see that there are these words of Isaiah are really represented in people's lives, aren't they? Troubles, anxieties, sorrows, sins, transgressions. People are very burdened. And it may be even that you are sitting here this morning thinking, I'm not completely free of that. I need to know more about this. <laughs> so if we do know that rescue, love impels us to share the story that we've, been, that we've discovered. And also gratitude. Gratitude to Jesus. Don't you want Jesus' death to have the most effect it possibly could? Going back to the story, isn't it awful that his death actually could have freed both boys to be back with their father? But only one discovered that and responded. I long for everyone to discover that his death is that effective. Now, I think that I'm very normal in the fact that, uh, though far from perfect, my heart yells about fairness. We just want things to be fair, don't we? Little tiny things, uh, tiny grandchildren, even from, you know, little, you don't have to teach them that things need to be cut in half, not slightly skew, half. And that if there's sharing to be done, it needs to be equal. It needs to be fair. But the centre of this story is the ultimate unfairness, isn't it? I sin and he takes the punishment. I should be cut off from God. And yet because of him going to hell for me, I get welcomed in. This is the most extraordinary story of mercy. In Philippians, we heard how Jesus, of his own free will, gave up all he had in the glories, the riches, the beauty of heaven, of heaven, and became nothing. And he gave his life, even to death, even to crucifixion, for our sake. It's almost beyond us, isn't it, to express what love that is, what mercy that is, what kindness that is. He has done it all. And I, for one, want to say thank you from my heart to him, again and again, for that love and mercy. And also to give my life to sharing that story. It may be that this morning... You are thinking, on one level, this is a really familiar story. But on another level, it has struck me afresh. And if that is the case, be like Robert. Take another step home. And maybe the first of that step would be to talk.
talk to Carl at the end, come and talk to me, or just talk to somebody who you know would rejoice with you in, and help you to pray and to say, yes, God, I want to be even more grateful. Yes, Jesus, I want your death to make the whole difference in my life, to be the central thing of my life. Also, I have a feeling that it may be that there's someone here who is thinking, I've got into something a bit too deep, um, that um, you may have gone into it with good intentions and you had no idea it was going to get so serious, but now you are involved in something which you really regret and is, is not at all right and you want to get out, and you're sitting here listening about release and freedom and thinking, yeah, but I don't see how that works for me. And if that's the case, today's the day to decide to believe God instead of believing those anxieties, and to step out and say, God, you're God, and I'm only me, so will you powerfully work in my life and release me? Because he says there is nothing impossible for him and no one is beyond the reach of his loving rescue. So let's pray together for ourselves and that this story will so capture us that it's what we want to give our lives to. Lord Jesus, we find ourselves in an amazement of gratitude for what you've done. The ultimate unfairness. The ultimate ransom. Thank you so much for taking the penalty for our independence and sins and dying in our place. Lord Jesus, would you give us more and more of that gratitude and more and more responsiveness in our hearts so that that release story is what we're all about. Free each one of us to know that we are children at home with you because of your kindness. And ultimately, because of that extraordinary death of Jesus, in his mighty, amazing name we pray. Amen.